Section 5 of From a Swedish Homestead by Selma Lagerlöf. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 5. The Story of a Country House. Part 5. Her ladyship wanted to know his name, but Ingrid did not know it. She had never heard of any other name but the goat. Her ladyship asked several times how he managed when he came to do business. Had she not laughed at him, and did she not think that he looked terrible? The goat. It sounded so strange when her ladyship said the goat. There was so much bitterness in her voice when she said it and yet she said it over and over again no ingrid did not think so and she never laughed at unfortunate people the old lady looked more gentle than her words sounded it appears you know how to manage mad people my child she said that is a great gift most people are afraid of such poor creatures she listened to all ingrid had to say and sat meditating as you have not any home my child she said will you not stay here with me you see i am an old woman living here by myself and you can keep me company and i shall take care that you have everything you want what do you say to it my child there will come a time i suppose continued her ladyship when we shall have to inform your parents that you are still living but for the present everything shall remain as it is so that you can have time to rest both body and mind and you shall call me aunt but what shall i call you ingrid ingrid berg ingrid said her ladyship thoughtfully i would rather have called you something else as soon as you entered the room with those star-like eyes i thought you ought to be called mignon when it dawned upon the young girl that here she would really find a home she felt more sure than ever that she had been brought here in some supernatural manner and she whispered her thanks to her invisible protector before she thanked her ladyship miss stava and anna stina ingrid slept in a four-poster on luxurious feather beds three feet high and had hem-stitched sheets and silken quilts embroidered with swedish crowns and french lilies the bed was so broad that she could lie as she liked either way and so high that she must mount two steps to get into it at the top sat a cupid holding the brightly coloured hangings and on the posts sat other cupids which held them up in festoons in the same room where the bed stood was an old curved chest of drawers inlaid with olive wood and from it ingrid might take as much sweetly scented linen as she liked there was also a wardrobe containing many gay and pretty silken muslin gowns that only hung there and waited until it pleased her to put them on when she awoke in the morning there stood by her bedside a tray with a silver coffee set and old indian china and every morning she set her small white teeth in fine white bread and delicious almond cakes every day she was dressed in a fine muslin gown with a lace fichu her hair was dressed high at the back 
but round her forehead there was a row of little light curls on the wall between the windows hung a mirror with a narrow glass in a broad frame where she could see herself and nod her picture and ask is it you is it really you how have you come here in the daytime when ingrid had left the chamber with the four-poster she sat in the drawing-room and embroidered or painted on silk and when she was tired of that she played a little on the guitar and sang or talked with the old lady who taught her french and amused herself by training her to be a fine lady but she had come to an enchanted castle she could not get away from that idea she had had that feeling the first moment and it was always coming back again no one arrived at the house no one left it in this big house only two or three rooms were kept in order in the others no one ever went no one walked in the garden no one looked after it there was only one man-servant and an old man who cut the firewood and miss stava had only two servants who helped her in the kitchen and in the dairy but there was always dainty food on the table and her ladyship and ingrid were always waited upon and dressed like fine ladies of rank if nothing thrived on the old estate there was at any rate fertile soil for dreams and even if they did not nurse and cultivate flowers there ingrid was not the one to neglect her dream roses they grew up around her whenever she was alone it seemed to her then as if red dream roses formed a canopy over her round the island where the trees bent low over the water and sent long branches in between the reeds and where shrubs and lofty trees grew luxuriantly was a pathway where ingrid often walked it looked so strange to see so many letters carved on the trees to see the old seats and summer-houses to see the old tumble-down pavilions which were so worm-eaten that she dared not go into them to think that real people had walked here that here they had lived and longed and loved and that this had not always been an enchanted castle down here she felt even more the witchery of the place here the face with a smile came to her here she could thank him the student because he had brought her to a home where she was so happy where they loved her and made her forget how hardly others had treated her if it had not been he who had arranged all this for her she could not possibly have been allowed to remain here it was quite impossible she knew that it must be he she had never before had such wild fancies she had always been thinking of him but she had never felt that he was so near her that he took care of her the only thing she longed for was that he himself should come for of course he would come some day it was impossible that he should not come in these avenues he had left behind part of his soul summer went and autumn christmas was drawing near miss ingrid 
said the old housekeeper one day in a rather mysterious manner i think i ought to tell you that the young master who owns monkeyton is coming home for christmas in any case he generally comes she added with a sigh and her ladyship who has never even mentioned that he has a son said ingrid but she was not really surprised she might just as well have answered that she had known it all along no one has spoken to you about him miss ingrid said the housekeeper for her ladyship has forbidden us to speak about him and then miss stava would not say any more neither did ingrid want to ask any more now she was afraid of hearing something definite she had raised her expectations so high that she was herself afraid they would fail the truth might be well worth hearing but it might also be bitter and destroy all her beautiful dreams but from that day he was with her night and day she had hardly time to speak to others she must always be with him one day she saw that they had cleared the snow away from the avenue she grew almost frightened was he coming now the next day her ladyship sat from early morning in the window looking down the avenue ingrid had gone further into the room she was so restless that she could not remain at the window do you know who i am expecting to-day ingrid the young girl nodded she dared not depend upon her voice to answer has miss stava told you that my son is peculiar ingrid shook her head he is very peculiar he i cannot speak about it i cannot you must see for yourself it sounded heartrending ingrid grew very uneasy what was there with this house that made everything so strange was it something terrible that she did not know about was her ladyship not on good terms with her son what was it what was it the one moment in an ecstasy of joy the next in a fever of uncertainty she was obliged to call forth the long row of visions in order again to feel that it must be he who came she could not at all say why she so firmly believed that he must be the son just of this house he might for the matter of that be quite another person oh how hard it was that she had never heard his name it was a long day they sat waiting in silence until evening came the man came driving a cartload of christmas logs and the horse remained in the yard whilst the wood was unloaded ingrid said her ladyship in a commanding and hasty tone run down to anders and tell him that he must be quick and get the horse into the stable quick quick ingrid ran down the stairs and on to the veranda but when she came out she forgot to call to the man just behind the cart she saw a tall man in a sheepskin coat and with a large pack on his back it was not necessary for her to see him standing curtsying and curtsying to recognize him but but she put her hand to her head and drew a deep breath how would all these things ever become clear to her was it for that fellow's sake her ladyship had sent her down 
and the man why did he pull the horse away in such great haste and why did he take off his cap and salute what had that crazy man to do with the people of this house all at once the truth flashed upon ingrid so crushingly and overwhelmingly that she could have screamed it was not her beloved who had watched over her it was this crazy man she had been allowed to remain here because she had spoken kindly of him because his mother wanted to carry on the good work which he had commenced the goat that was the young master but to her no one came no one had brought her here no one had expected her it was all dreams fancies illusions oh how hard it was if she had only never expected him but at night when ingrid lay in the big bed with the brightly colored hangings she dreamt over and over again that she saw the student come home it was not you who came she said yes of course it was i he replied and in her dreams she believed him one day the week after christmas ingrid sat at the window in the boudoir embroidering her ladyship sat on the sofa knitting as she always did now there was silence in the room young hede had been home for a week during all that time ingrid had never seen him in his home too he lived like a peasant slept in the men's servants quarters and had his meals in the kitchen he never went to see his mother ingrid knew that both her ladyship and miss stave expected that she should do something for hede that at the least she would try to persuade him to remain at home and it grieved her that it was impossible for her to do what they wished she was in despair about herself and about the utter weakness that had come over her since her expectations had been so shattered to-day miss stave had just come in to say that hede was getting his pack ready to start he was not even staying as long as he generally did at christmas she said with a reproachful look at ingrid ingrid understood all they had expected from her but she could do nothing she sued and sued without saying anything miss stave went away and there was again silence in the room ingrid quite forgot that she was not alone a feeling of drowsiness suddenly came over her whilst all her sad thoughts wove themselves into a strange fancy she thought she was walking up and down the whole of the large house she went through a number of rooms and saloons she saw them before her with gray covers over the furniture the paintings and the chandeliers were covered with gauze and on the floors was a layer of thick dust which whirled about when she went through the rooms but at last she came to a room where she had never been before it was quite a small chamber where both walls and celine were black but when she came to look more closely at them she saw that the chamber was neither painted black nor covered with black material but it was so dark on account of the walls and the ceiling being completely covered with bats 
the whole room was nothing but a huge nest for bats in one of the windows a pane was broken so one could understand how the bats had got in in such incredible numbers that they covered the whole room they hung there in their undisturbed winter sleep not one moved when she entered but she was seized by such terror at this sight that she began to shiver and shake all over it was dreadful to see the quantity of bats she so distinctly saw hanging there they all had black wings wrapped around them like cloaks they all hung from the walls by a single long claw in undisturbable sleep she saw it all so distinctly that she wondered if miss stava knew that the bats had taken possession of a whole room in her thoughts she then went to miss stava and asked her whether she had been into that room and seen all the bats of course i have seen them said miss stava it is their own room i suppose you know miss ingrid that there is not a single old country house in all sweden where they have not to give up a room to the bats i have never heard that before ingrid said when you have lived as long in the world as i have miss ingrid you will find out that i am speaking the truth said miss stava i cannot understand that people will put up with such a thing ingrid said we are obliged to said miss stava those bats are mistress sorrow's birds and she has commanded us to receive them End of section 5 Read by Lars Rolander